standing right there, the voice of the Lord spoke to me. The Lord told me He's fixing to restore your faith. The faith that it took when you had that tumor in your breast. And something stood up in you. When man wasn't giving you any chance to live, you couldn't seem to find anybody to touch God. God dried that thing up for you. Because of a faith that was in you. That faith is still there. But you've been battered. You've been bruised. You've been wounded. You've been beat down. But you mark my words. If I ever tell you God spoke to me, you better believe. Because there's money in the bank. I don't run around telling people, Brother Josh, God spoke to me. But if I ever tell you God spoke to me, you can write it down. I told Sister LaDana under my tent in 95, I said, there's a lady in your church fixing to die. I said, it's a sign that the word that in me is real. And it wasn't three months. They preached that lady's funeral. If I tell you God spoke to me, you better write it down. This, is, this word is proven. You've seen my word proven time and time again. You believe that when I lay my hands on you, there is a restoring of faith. All this that's going on in your mind and body is nothing but a warfare to destroy you. It's all it is, just a warfare for Satan to destroy you. But I'm telling you, if you'll believe me, God's not through with you. He's not through with you. Matter of fact, if you'll believe and do what I tell you, you ain't even scratched the surface of ministry God wants to take you into. You ain't even scratched the surface. You listen to what I tell you. This ain't for you and him. This is for you. When God puts something in you, you got to use it. You got to get in that place with God. God can lead your every step. I want you to believe. All this pain's in your body, all this you're fighting in your mind, all this warfare. Devil's telling you you ain't gonna make it. Devil's a liar. In the brass throat. Oh by the power of the Holy Kahas way priest. Britain's theastato. I command this force to lose your mind. Let it come. There it is. It's coming. Let the Spirit of God speak to you. Stand up and you let it speak. Let it move. Restoring right there. Right there, restoring. The healing of your mind. Deliverance in your body, healing all your physical body. Heal right now, in Jesus' name.
Come on, lift your hands and praise Him. The power of His Spirit's in this place. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost running up and down the avenues of this church. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and praise Him. Young man, right now, the Spirit of God touches your life. It goes inside of you and brings a healing, brings a strength. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to mend the brokenhearted, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And by the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now, the wounds that you suffered the last several years that the enemies used to try to destroy you, to get you to give up on God and the call of God on your life, you're healed right now. The Spirit of God pours down in you like wine and oil, and the Holy Ghost breathes in you afresh and brings something alive and new in your spirit. A desire one more time to pray and study the Word overshadows you. All that that's beat you down and broke you up inside made you want to give up and quit and made you never want to trust anybody again. It's loose. In Jesus' name right now. Stay like the rest. Stolabrata basukumohoyahara. For even I, the Lord, saying to thee, my son, return to prayer. Return to reading my word, however, however minimal. Go back talking to me. Go back studying my word, and I'm going to make myself alive to you. I'm going to make myself alive to you and bring back the reality of my word and my spirit. For you are called and predestined from the foundation of the world before. I placed you in your mother's womb. I knew you. Before I formed you and brought you forth, I made you. And I called you and ordained you. Right now in Jesus' name, a change and a transformation overshadows you and takes you over. In Jesus' name, The Spirit of God just breathes all down inside of you. Just breathe. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. A newness of the Holy Ghost. Something you've never had enters into your heart, and enters into your mind, and enters into your life. This day you're healed and set free and made whole by the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit of God breathes new life in you. And opens your understanding to the Word. And gives you insight into the working of the Holy Ghost. You're going to look back on your life and you're going to see things God allowed. They've been so hard to understand, so hard to walk through. God allowed them to mold you and make you and bring you forward. Receive you the Holy Ghost afresh. Receive ye the Spirit of Christ. 
down into your heart and mind in a way, in a realm you never walked in. Water, Teresa. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling y'all, the Spirit of the Lord's here. Such a powerful. I wasn't expecting this. But thank God for it. Thank God for it. Hallelujah. Young lady, stand still. I know you don't understand a lot that's going on, but the Lord spoke to me this morning. He told me I'm putting you in places for ministry that you don't understand. He said it may be like a Paul sometimes in a Philippian jail where you're getting the daylight speed out of you. You don't understand what's going on. But God used Paul to save that Philippian jailer. He just had the daylights beat out of him naturally. But was singing and shouting and praising and an earthquake shook the doors open. The jailer come running in and he thought all the prisoners had fled and was going to kill himself. Paul said, don't worry, we're here. And that night he ministered to that jailer and him and his whole house got saved. God's putting you in places. Don't fret it. Don't worry about it. Don't fight it. Don't be upset about it. Just let the flow of the Holy Ghost flow down through you and use you because I'm telling you there's fixing to be a great deliverance and a great salvation that God's brought you in contact with somebody and God's going to use you for His glory. This is just for a season. It's going to pass. And God's going to reward you for your patience. Be patient. Endure. Be strong. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, wow. Mm. Ah. Let me tell you something. When you think you've reached the end of the rope, God will let you a new one down. <laughs> God will say, here, here's your brand new one. Turn loose of that and take hold of this one. Hallelujah. Get ready. Get ready. The greatest joy you've ever known. Fixing to hit. Fixing to happen. Because you're going to see a whole family saved and delivered. Hallelujah. Through the heartache and the vexation and the aggravation, all the hardship you've been through the last three months, you didn't know what was going on, and you told God, wasn't fair, I don't deserve this. <laughs> Woo-wee! How many times have me and the Lord had that conversation? <laughs> ain't fair, God! Let me tell you something, life ain't fair. And when you think you ought to be riding high, the devil will jump up and life will kick you in the teeth. Be strengthened. Get ready. I'm telling you, you fixing to preach. The Spirit of God setting you on fire. Oh, my high. Restore roots. Ooh. A new word comes in your mouth. A new spirit comes in your heart and your mind. God strengthens you and holds you up. Hallelujah. Be faithful. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. You let this Word get in your spirit. You let it get in your heart. And you let God fire you up. Man, you tear that YouTube up. I mean, you tear it up. Because there's people out there that need deliverance. They ain't looking for a smooth Word. They ain't looking for a pat on the back. They ain't looking for a soft Word. They're looking for something that's got some teeth in it that'll tear the devil's hide up. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Man, don't y'all love the Lord? Man, I love this Spirit. I love this spirit. Hallelujah. Don't you walk away from this. Others are making choices right now. They're walking away from this. Don't walk away from this. Because I'm going to tell you something that's fixing the cost. 
You don't ever walk away from this. This word's been proven for 50 years. Had a man talk to me probably about a year ago, maybe a year and a half. He said, Brother Metter, he said, and he'd been serving God long, not longer than I have. He said, Brother Metter, I don't understand you. He said, but I'll give you one thing. He said, what you believe you stand for. I said, I learned the voice of the Lord many years ago. And I said, I've stuck with it, and it's never failed me, and I'll always stick with it. I said, I don't care if people don't understand what I preach. I'm going to stay with that voice because that voice has never failed me. I've seen that voice do miracles, signs, wonders. Do things that people thought was impossible. Just like I told you all last night on August 22nd in Kenya, was preaching under a little tent, big storm come in. Voice of the Lord spoke to me right there, audible in that right ear. He said, rebuke it. Raised my hands and said, in the name of Jesus, I command this storm to be still. Within two or three minutes, everything was gone. Storm was gone. Rain was gone. Wind was gone. Sun was shining. And the Lord spoke to me later. And he said, the miracles that were made manifest in my son, I'm fixing to make them manifest in your life. We're moving into something. You hear me? We're moving into something. We're moving into something fixing to go beyond the book of Acts. The Lord spoke to me at 4.30 this morning. He said, I'm bringing forth a new generation in the earth. He said, I'm bringing forth a brand new generation. And he said, your son Jackson Chase that was just born on May the 10th, he said, is a sign of a new generation. A new generation. Are you all hearing me? A new generation's coming forth. This church has got so bogged down and compromised on man's doctrines and joined itself up with entertainment. Let me tell you something. That mess they fixing to have at the fairgrounds in Fort Payne, I wouldn't be caught within five miles of it. Now I know a lot of church folks fixing to go down there and partake of that thing. When you join entertainment and religion together, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. There ain't no difference in gospel singers and country music entertainers. They're all entertainers. Don't none of them live the life. If you don't believe me, go ask the brother that used to come to church here, Harlan McLemore. Got a great voice. He had several gospel, I'm talking about professional gospel singing groups approach him to go on the road with them and sing with them. He turned them everyone down because he knew they were drunkards, adulterers, fornicators. He turned them everyone down because he wanted to serve God. You get in there and sing with shout with them all you want to. You go to their concerts, but they ain't nothing but liars, thieves, adulterers, and fornicators and entertainers. You can go to a concert, drive the next town the next week, 50 miles down the road. They'll go through the same act and say the same things. You'll think it's an anointing. Believe me, I learned this first year I was saved. I come in contact with some people that knew some of the best out there. And I went to one of the concerts. Man, I thought I was feeling God. Went to another one a week later, 50 miles down the road. He went through the same spiel. Said the same thing. Shouted. Talked in the same tongues. Buddy, I got an eye opening. I got an eye opening. Don't you walk away from this. This has changed your life. This saved your life years ago. You walked up to me in that church. The devil just about beat you up. God saved your life that night. That was about, what, 2008 or 9? God, God saved your life and brought you into this Word. 
And now you're fixing to preach it. You're fixing to preach it. In, a, in an understanding and a wisdom you ain't never had, you're fixing to preach this kingdom. That force that has attacked your mind and kept you bogged down, and I told you the Lord broke it off of you because of your obedience, you keep being obedient. You keep giving. You keep proving God. You keep ministering into this kingdom, and you're going to preach this word with a... Wow. The power of the Spirit of God and anointing. My God, you're going to preach this word and you're going to look back after that service. You're going to say, My God, did I really say and do all that. It's time. It's time. It's time. Hallelujah, it's time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I commend peace. I command peace. I command you to prepare her heart, Lord. Give her peace. Give her strength to walk through this. You're fixing to walk through a trial, Sister Kathy. Don't worry about it. It's God's will. It's God's mind. You're fixing to walk through it. You're going to be at peace in Jesus' name. Everything's going to be all right. That's thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. You feel it right now. There's, a, there's just a warm feeling flows over you in the peace of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And what God's doing is moving everything in your life that hinder you from going forth in this gospel. Hallelujah. That's the reason God moved you off your job, got you out from under that pressure. Your mind was attacked constantly, and there was too much force and powers and pressures and too much warfare from what you were doing. And God's moved you into this simpler job. Enjoy it. Walk in it. But God's got something greater for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. My God, there it is. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Don't you appreciate the Lord? Y'all appreciate the Lord today? Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's fixing me a church in Carrollton. I was telling your mom this morning, I said, something fixing to happen in Carrollton. And then she said, well, you know, the Lord spoke several years ago and said there was a house of Cornelius there. I said, you mark my words. And I ain't talking about just two or three. I'm talking about they're going to be a bunch of people because there's an act of God. There's a new generation being brought forth. There's an act of God like what we saw in the book of Acts and greater. It's coming in. But you ain't, you ain't going to hold on this old junk. You ain't going to hold on to it. Come here, Sister Patty. You ain't going to hold on to it. you got to turn it loose. Y'all hear me? you got to turn it loose. What the Lord told you the other morning, son, is exactly right. Walk away from it. Leave it alone. There ain't nothing to it. It's all religion. It's all bound in religion. It's all bound up. All it, for, for months now, all it's done is hurt you and wound you and aggravate you. It upsets your spirit. When something's continually vexing your spirit, you've got to get it out of your life. Do you hear me? Because it all, all it is is a stumbling block. Change him, Jesus. Heal his heart. Heal his mind. Heal his spirit. Make him whole right now. And seal him to this Word. God, give him a spirit of prayer. 
Give him a hunger to study your word and give him a desire to walk with you. Lord, he's always had that desire and he's never known how to put it in action now. That word that was ministered to him in 2016, bring it alive. Bring it alive, Jesus. And teach him how to walk with you. Give him wisdom and understanding. God, he's out there amongst a bunch of heathen. He's out there amongst a bunch of ungodly. Teach him how to walk it out, Lord. When to speak and when not to speak. Let your will be wrought in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's so many things happen we don't understand. But I'm going to tell you, God lets things happen to mold us, to make us, to help us. There's been a force and a power worn against you for a long time now. It's like what my wife was dealing with. It's subtle. Sometimes you don't even recognize it. But the spirit of prayer has been missing. It's coming back. That relationship with God that you touched on, but you never got in the fullness of it, is coming back. And you're going to find yourself in prayer for hours. And you're going to find yourself with that desire to preach the Word like you've never had. And God's going to start opening doors. And He's going to use you, not just to exhort, but deliverance is now standing up in your life. And God's going to change the way you minister. I've watched you in the past. And I've seen how you ministered. The Lord spoke to you. He's fixing to change the way you minister. You're just going to go to the person. You're going to tell them that's it. That's it. You've had such a burden for people. you fought to get them to receive it. It's not up to you. You're just going to move and minister. And you're going to do just like I do. Just, oh, my God. Oh, my young. Such a power. Oh my God, there's a power going in in you right now. He's putting healing. I impart unto you the gift of healings, miracles, and deliverance, such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Give I thee. Oh. It's like a hot coal that just sets down in your chest right now in the fire of the whole <laughs> Ain't just here God's gonna use you. God's fixing to turn that prayer meeting you've been going to on Thursday night, He fixing to turn that thing upside down. Oh my God. Wow. Woo. Holy Jesus, thank you, Lord. You know, I had a vision years ago. And in that vision, I was preaching the Word. And I think I was walking down the aisles of this church. And it might have been the Lord showed it to me again somewhere else. But there was an aura like a light. It was like a green light that went out about 15 or 20 feet from me. It completely surrounded me. And if I walked towards somebody in that aura, overshadowed them, Brother Josh, they got healed, delivered, or set free. I didn't even have to touch them. We're facing to enter into something. 
I've told y'all for years, the Lord showed me that there's a ministry coming like what Jesus had. And He called it the ministry of the Son of Man. And that we were somewhere, we was going to come in contact, we fixed and come in contact with this. And there's things going to happen. You ain't, you, you ain't going to have to touch, folks. Because I'm going to tell you something. You start getting five, six, ten, twelve thousand. I preached to 40,000 overseas. You can't lay hands on all of you. You kill yourself. I've tried. I tried to lay hands on about 30,000 for a couple of nights in India. You kill yourself. You ain't got that kind of strength. I mean, time I got through the prayer line one night, there's almost having to lift my hand up here on somebody's head, and I was going, name of Jesus. Because I'd been said like 20-something times. But God was, God was healing. God was delivering. But that ain't what God intended. There's a book, if y'all can ever get a hold of it, it's hard to find now. It was by T.L. Osborne, a minister back in the 50s, 40s and 50s, called Healing in Mass. He was preaching, I think, in South America. And he told the Lord, he said, I can't lay hands on all these people. The Lord said, he said, you can speak the word. And he said, he's going to lay hands on one, heal one. He said, I can heal 10,000. Next night he went out there, prayed for one man. Was a cripple. Next thing you know, the power of God went all over the congregation. Blind was seeing, deaf was hearing, lame was coming out of wheelchairs, people was coming off of crutches. And the name of the book's Healing in Mass, or Healing in Masses. If you can get a hold of it, read it. I read it in South America in 86. I was preaching 25,000 a night, and it inspired my faith and done something different in me. Because we're trying to pray for all those sick folks in that tent every night. You can't pray for everybody that's sick. You can't lay hands on them. There's a power. There's a, there was a virtue went out of Jesus. Amen. He laid hands on some, but there was a virtue went out of him. There was a power and an anointing. It ain't, it ain't nothing you can do. It's got to be through him, by him. Him living in you and working in you. Amen. It's real. It's real. And God will make it real. And I've been in ministry 50 years. I've been serving God in ministry 50 years this year. And the Lord's told me the greatest I've ever seen is just ahead of me. And I believe Him. I believe Him. Amen. Because the Lord told me this morning, there's a brand new generation being brought forth. And this generation... Is going to minister just like Jesus ministered. This generation coming forth. Amen. It's coming forth. Come here, sis. I want you to listen one more tell you. You can go back to where God had you and let God use you. Or you can let the devil keep on against your mind and stay on all these drugs and stuff. It's your choice. You can go home, turn your TV off, kick the devil out the door, and go back to prayer and fasting, and God will get you ready to use you. Or you can choose to stay in this realm where you're constantly tormented, vexed, aggravated, and upset. It's your choice. But I'm going to lay hands on you, and I'm going to ask God to strengthen you. Don't you take that, don't you put it in your home. You know what you believe? God spoke to you back in 2016. Gave you a word. If you want that word to come to pass, you're going to act on it now. Because if you don't act on it now, it's fixing to pass you by and God's fixing to close the door.
in the name, I command the strength of the Holy Ghost, the power, all this force of depression, discouragement, anxiety. Right now, I bind it and I loose the band off your mind in Jesus' name. Be set free. Be made whole. Take God at His word. You go forth from this day and your life will change. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Would you appreciate the Lord? Come on, y'all need to lift your hands and give the Lord a praise. Spirit of the Lord's walked these aisles. I said He's walked these aisles. Now, I know I told you this before, but I'm going to try to come in at least once a month. And right now, God's just kind of got us on hold. That don't mean God ain't moving. That don't mean God ain't working. That don't mean God ain't talking. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm preaching to hundreds. Every Wednesday morning on live stream in Africa, we, we'll have 25, 30 locations on the Zoom. And we'll have anywhere from 5 to 20 to 50 in every location, Brother Josh. My son preached last week in one location. They had over 200 people. Just one location. In Uganda. He does Uganda on Saturday. I do Kenya on Wednesday. And sometimes I'll minister to Uganda. But God struck fire over there with these people. They're hungry for God. They are hungry. And it doesn't matter what they got to do to get the Word. They're going to get the Word. Amen. They're going to get the Word. But I appreciate the Lord. I appreciate the Lord. I know all this is probably new to you, but that's okay. God's real. And I believe you know He's real. I understand. I do understand. And the way to get that, every day. Every day. Read that Bible. Pray. Ask God for understanding. Ask Him for understanding. And He'll start opening that Word to you. He'll start opening that Word. He'll he'll give you new understanding. Father, right now. My God, there's a power in this place. Take the scales off her eyes. Take the dullness out of her ears, Lord. Give her a heart to understand your word. God, give them a a relationship to where they can study the word, talk for hours about your spirit and your kingdom. Put them in a unity. Put them in one mind. Put them in one accord. Y'all join hands. Put them in one accord. Put them in one mind. Bring them together. Lord, me and my wife have sat and studied your word and talked about it for hours on end. And people don't understand that's a lot of what our life is about now. It's just talking about this word. Your kingdom, what you're doing, how you're moving, what you're going to do. And trying to find your will for our lives. There's no greater life to live, Lord, than to be caught up in your will. In Jesus' name, bring them together, Lord. Bring them together. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, I appreciate the Lord. Y'all go ahead and be seated.
want you to open your Bibles to Numbers 11. I'm going to read some Scripture. I don't know how long I'm going to exhort to you because I feel like the Lord done what He sent me to do. But I still want you to have the Word. I'm going to Numbers, the 11th chapter. And I'm going to start at verse 24 and I'm going to read through verse 30. I'm going to give you all time to turn there because I want you to follow me in the Word. Y'all with me? Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and gathered the seventy men of the elders of the people and set them round about the tabernacle. The Lord came down in a cloud and spake unto him and took the Spirit that was upon him, and gave it unto the seventy elders. And it came to pass that when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, the name of the other was Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went not out unto the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. There ran a young man and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad, to prophesy in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men, answered and said, My Lord Moses, forbid them. Moses said unto him, Enviest thou me for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put His Spirit upon them. And Moses get him into the camp, he and the elders of Israel. Go with me to the book of Joshua, the first chapter. And then we'll read the first couple of verses. Y'all with me there in Joshua 1? First verse. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, Thou and all the people unto the land that I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Isaiah chapter 53. Lisa, would you step in the office and get my glasses? Isaiah chapter Everywhere you can go, find a working of the Spirit like this. Isaiah 
you only got to get pop. If I could get all y'all to study the Word of God in my teaching like her stepdad does. That man's 85 years old. And he gets his hands on my Word and he'll study it. From Isaiah 53 and verse 8. He was taken from prison from judgment. And who shall declare his generation. For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. I'm going to talk to you as long as the Spirit of the Lord will allow me on a new generation that's coming forth in the earth. I heard that voice of the Lord at 4.30 this morning. God inspires me with some good things. And I've been blessed to have some revelations of the Word. But when that voice of the Lord speaks, it's different. The Word of the Lord has come to me. And that's the mind and the will of God for His people at that time. So God told me a new generation was being brought forth in the earth. And He told me, my grandson... Jackson Chase, who was just born May 10th, was a sign of this new generation that was coming forth in the earth. But then God took me into this Scripture in Numbers 11. We took of the Spirit that was in Moses and put it on 70 elders. But in those 70 elders... And in that area, there was one young young man named Joshua. So this had to be at the beginning of the children of Israel's journey. That God took the spirit of Moses and put it on these 70 to help Moses lead. But Joshua wasn't the leader then. He was a young man. But God schooled him. God groomed him. God taught him. And God brought him to a maturity to come a day he would lead Israel. Some of y'all have no idea the schooling and the grooming and the maturity this Word is bringing you to that you're going to become leaders. Somebody's got to lead God's people. This next generation has to be brought forward. When I was a young man and come to the Lord at 19, everywhere you looked, there's people called of God. People wanted to do something for God. People wanted to preach. They wanted to... Uh, I, I mean, man, people were fasting and praying and seeking God. We had about 200-something young people in the church. That's where I met Sister Gail. Fasting, praying. All I, I mean, you'd go one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, there'd be 30, 40, 50 people in the church praying, seeking God. Fasting three days, seven days, fourteen days. Hungry. Wanting to do something for God. But when I look around now, you don't see this. I'm fixing to turn 70 years old. Who's going to step into my shoes? If God decided to take me on tomorrow, which I don't think He will, because 
God showed me things He still wants me to do. But who's going to fill my shoes? Who's got this call in the workings of this Spirit and this anointing and this Word in them that could stand and declare this Word like I declare it? And y'all, I'm going to stop and tell you something. You, you can write this down. You can write this date down. When I was in Africa in 2020, and you can go back and check my Facebook page. Just post on my Facebook page. I started telling people in October of 2020, I said, I hear the word insurrection. I said, I don't know what it means. I said, there's fixing to be insurrection. I said, there's an insurrection. And you all know what happened on January the 6th, just a few weeks later. And that's what they called it, an insurrection. God didn't... God just put that word in my spirit. I said, there's something to do with insurrection fixing to happen. Will you write this down? I've been hear, hearing this word for weeks now. I've told my wife, I've told my son, I don't know if I've told anybody else, but I've been hearing the word revolution. I've been hearing the word revolution for weeks now. And I've told you all ever since I've been back from Africa, something big fixing to happen in this country. I told you, you better get yourself ready. People better get back to prayer. They better get back to seeking God. Because I want something to shake this nation. People are not going to sit back and let things that are happening keep happening. I'm not going to tell you they're right in what they're doing and what they're thinking. I'm just telling you, when I hear that voice, you better write it down. Something fixing to happen going to shake this nation. See, y'all think our nation's secure, but it's not. It's not. There's too many, too many factors going on. Too much corruption. Too much evil done got in our government. And I don't get into politics. And that's why I tell people, y'all run around following these prophets. All they prophesize about politics, you better leave them alone. They ain't prophets. They're working on the wrong spirit. And these people fixing to be down these fairgrounds, all they do is prophesy about politics, about things going on in the government. And now they've hooked up with entertainers. And they say there's supposed to be five, 6,000 people a night down there this next coming week, if not more. And they say you got to call. Don't charge you, but say you got to call and get tickets. And they say people are there to call and tell them they're already full. You better stay away from it. It's nothing but entertainment. It's a wrong spirit. And a prophet does not go around prophesying about politics prophet is the eyes of the church. A prophet don't call you out and minister financial blessings to you. And that's about all these so-called prophets I know about they do. They prophesy blessings on you. Prophet is the eyes of the church. You hear what I'm telling you? You say, well, Brother matter what's wrong with it? It's a wrong spirit. It gets people caught up in the wrong thing. The word of a prophet should lead you to seek the kingdom of God and lead you in the things of God, not get you caught up in politics and everything going on in this country and in the world. It's the wrong spirit. There's supposed to be two or three down there that that's all they talk about. Let me tell you something. I've, I, I know a couple of them personally, and I'm embarrassed that they've joined themselves up to any such mess. Gonna we'll have professional gospel singing groups down there and professional country music entertainers down there on the same platform where they will be preaching the word of God. It's garbage. If you mess with it, it'll mess you up. Y'all hear me? 
Go ahead and go. It's not up to me to keep you from going. It's up to me to warn you. It's up to me to warn you. You better steer clear of this kind of stuff because this is what messes people up. This is what messes people up. How many people went out here and prophesied that President Trump was going back in office? Ooh, one guy had to stand up and apologize to us, all his followers. You never heard me say God was going to put Trump back in office. But you did hear me say on September 22nd before the election that when the next president is inaugurated, that if we would walk up right before God and do what's right in God's sight, that God would take His chosen people into a financial blessings for seven years that they ain't never seen the light. And everything going on in this economy should have tanked this economy. But God ain't going to let it tank. Not for His people. He's going to bless His people. He's going to prosper them. He's going to bring them forward. And now He's bringing a generation forward because Isaiah said, who's going to declare His generation? There's a generation got to come and declare this gospel of the kingdom. You hear what I'm telling you? In April of 1906, in a little livery stable in Los Angeles, California, called Azusa Street, God poured out the Holy Ghost. Started with a handful, and for uh, nine, almost nine years, God poured out His Spirit day in and day out, night in and day out, in that Azusa Street revival and... Then, it was 40 years before there was another major act of God. And that was about the mid-40s. What we call the healing revival came forth and God raised up men like A.A. A. Allen, Jack Cole, Or Roberts, T.L. Osborne. And they went around the world preaching and having miracles. But did you know there hasn't been a major outpouring of the Holy Ghost in 116 years? Years. 116 years since God poured it out on Azusa Street like He did. 116 years, children. That means this generation and the earth is ripe for a visitation of the Holy Ghost. It's ripe for it. In 1913, Brother Michael Harris sent me this few years back. In 1913, a woman named Maria, Maria Woodworth Edder, she had a great ministry. I mean, had all kind of miracles, all kind of deliverance. She lived at the turn of the century, late 1800s, early 1900s. And she prophesied in a meeting, I believe it was in Chicago. She prophesied what they call a hundred-year prophecy. And she said somewhere within the period of a hundred years, she said God is going to begin to take His Spirit and bring in a greater filling. You know, what fell at the day of Pentecost was the former rain. But the fullness of that was never given. She said in that prophecy that the fullness of the former rain, which would be the ministry that Jesus had when He walked this earth, is going to start coming in. And that would have made it about 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. Well, it was long about that time that I started preaching. There was a fullness of the latter, the former reign of the Holy Ghost that we didn't have. Somewhere in there, 16, 17, somewhere in that period where she prophesied about a hundred years later that God was going to begin to pour out a fuller measure of the Holy Ghost. 
See, the disciples on the day of Pentecost, they didn't get the fullness of what Jesus had when He walked this earth. They got a large measure of it. Because you're going to find out one of these days that the Holy Ghost ain't just raising your hands and jabbering in tongues. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of the man, Christ Jesus, that has been resurrected when it comes and abides in you. And when it comes in, you get his wisdom, you get his knowledge, you get his nature, you get his mind, you get his compassion, his love, his mercy, his power, his authority, his dominion, but you also get the man part of it. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of the man, Christ Jesus. It ain't just talking in tongues. People teach on the Holy Ghost now. They don't teach on anything except talking in tongues. I don't judge whether people got the Holy Ghost or not or whether they can talk in tongues. If I want to know you, I want to know you by the fruit of the Spirit. I want to see what you're manifesting. I want to see what's coming forth in your life. I ain't never preached the Holy Ghost was talking in tongues. I preach the Holy Ghost brings forth the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? It brings forth the fruit. The Bible said you shall know the tree by what? It's fruit. You're going to know a tree by And if you get the Spirit of Christ in you, then the fruit, not fruits, there's only one. It's not fruits of the Spirit. We've got too many fruity people running around as it is. We just need, we just need one fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, meekness, gentleness. I can't name them all while I'm thinking about it, but it's in Galatians 5, and I think it's 22. But you got about 18, 19 works of the flesh up there in Galatians 5, 18, I think it is, 17. But we just need the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? And don't tell me you got the Holy Ghost because you can talk in tongues. I'll laugh at you. Tell me you got the Holy Ghost because the nature of Christ has come into your life and it's beginning to manifest itself and come forth. Then I'll talk to you. Amen. Don't tell me you got the Holy Ghost. Don't tell me that. Because the devil will laugh at you. The devil will laugh at you. The devil will talk in tongues. The devil will prophesy. If you don't believe it, go back and look up Saul after the Spirit of the Lord left him. The Bible said Saul prophesied, but it was an evil spirit from the Lord by which he prophesied. Devil and prophesy, devil and talk in tongues. I want to see you bringing forth the nature of Christ. That's the reason my preaching is for Christ to be formed in you. For Christ to be formed in you. Because that's what the Word says. That we will, we will take on that nature. Paul said, in, I believe it's in Galatians 4 and 19, he said, My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Our goal is for Christ to be formed in us. Amen. For us to be made partakers of His divine nature according to what uh, Peter saw. We can be made partakers of His divine nature. We can have that same mind. According to Philippians 2 and 5, he said, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus, that's the resurrected Christ, let it be also in you. But instead, people got bound in religion. See, Everybody tells you you either got to die and go to heaven or you got to get caught out in the rapture and go to heaven to get power and authority with God. Now, the kingdom of God is Christ living in you right here on this earth. And the power and authority and dominion of Christ will live in you right here on this earth. 
He said that the life of Jesus, I believe this is 2 Corinthians 4 and 10 and 11, he said that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in your mortal flesh. Not your immortal. I'm not looking to die and go to heaven and gain anything because ain't nobody going to have any glory up there but Him. The Bible says if we suffer with Him, we'll reign with Him. And Paul said the sufferings of this time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Well, it ain't going to be revealed in you up there. It's going to be revealed in you down here. Any glory that's going to be revealed in you is going to be down here through Him living in you and working through you. It ain't going to be up there because the only glory up there is going to be His. Amen? Am I making sense to y'all? So it's been 116 years since God has poured out His Spirit like He did at Pentecost or like He did at Azusa Street. And Azusa Street didn't measure up to Pentecost. It was great. And it was powerful. But it didn't bring in the measure. There's a greater, y'all hear me? There's a greater measure than what was given at Pentecost fixing to come to us. That's the reason I was talking to y'all last night on getting prepared. You've got to be prepared. You've got to be ready for this. You've got to believe you can receive this. See, I believe I'm getting ready to receive this. I believe it. Whether you believe it or not, it's up to you. I believe it. I know what God has shown me over the years, and I know how many church doctrines I've had to confront and put down because everything that's preached is up there. Up there. If y'all want me to, I'll get Brother Josh to give you a rendition of the circle won't be broken. Because that's all you... Do this. Find you a gospel station and listen to these gospel songs and find out how many of these things they sing about you can back up by the Scripture. Slim to none. Or I can get him to give you... A, I, I ain't going to start singing because I do. You'll all leave. But I can give you a, a, get him to give you a redemption of just build my mansion next door to Jesus. You ain't going to live in no mansion. When Jesus said, if you, uh, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. He was talking about there's many wealthy, rich places in the Spirit. He ain't talking about no. See, all this stuff is carnal. All this stuff is carnal. Mansions of gold, streets of gold. I know the Bible talks about a street of gold, but all that's spiritual. You ain't going to die and go to heaven and sit on your front porch and strum a banjo in your cabin next door to Jesus. It ain't going to happen. What you going to do for God, you're going to do down here. And it's because Christ has taken His abode in you. But in 20, no, in 1999, y'all heard me tell this here. I was preaching in North Carolina. And I had a dream. And in that dream, I didn't know nothing about old classic trucks at that time. But I saw myself driving an old classic truck fully restored. I mean, man, it was immaculate. Everything on it had been restored. I found out later it was a 1965 Ford pickup. It was beautiful. It was red and white. Man, it was immaculate. And sitting on the seat right beside me was a young girl. She was about eight or ten years old, somewhere in that range. 
I thought it was my daughter. Because that's what my daughter looked like when she was 8 to 10 years old somewhere. And the only thing I knew at that time, I was driving that truck, we were in the greatest move of God in visitation I had ever been in in my life. It wasn't until 2014 that I walked in my mama's house, had a picture of my daughter hanging in the bedroom about three or four years old. And when I looked at it, I said, Oh, my God. My granddaughter had been born and looked just like her. I've never seen kids have kids that so favor their parents. My son's got one that looked just like him. We've got a video from 92 or 93 that Logan looks just like Christopher. I mean, you couldn't tell them apart. My oldest daughter, who was not even married at the time I had this dream, her daughter was not born until 2010, has a daughter that looks just like her and acts just like her. And I did not know until about 2014 or 15 the Lord spoke to me said, that wasn't your daughter on that seat. That was your granddaughter. My granddaughter just turned 10 years old. God's putting this thing together for this generation to come forth. For this generation to be used. Because, see, like I said, I'm fixing to turn 70 years old. I don't know how many years God's going to give me, but however many years God gives me, I'm going to preach this kingdom. I don't care whether people like it or not. I'm going to preach people and I'm going to tell them about this kingdom. I'm going to tell them about Christ living in you. And I'm going to tell them that Jesus done more than just die to forgive your sins. Every one of y'all in here, you've heard it preached that Jesus came and died on the cross to forgive your sins, which is right. But He done more. He went to hell as a transgressor and destroyed the power of Satan. That's the reason the devil has no power over you as a believer. Jesus destroyed the power of the devil in the midst of hell because he went down there with my sins and your sins. He didn't go have a revival. He didn't go in great victory. He went as a transgressor. And when he had paid for my sins and your sins, the Spirit of God entered back into him. He was changed from a living soul to a quickening spirit. He arose with victory over death, hell, and the grave, and he made the devil give him the keys of death and hell. And he controls it to this day. That's where the power of God comes from. People fight me on this to a standstill and i got Scripture. I'll preach you under. You cannot defy the Word of God that's in my spirit on this. Oh, well, Jesus didn't go to hell like that. Do y'all know your Bibles? What's the wages of sin? Is that hell? He that knew no sin became what? So He took our sins. He became sin on that cross. He became sin and the Father had to turn His face from Him. So here He took all the sins of the whole world. He became sins for me and you. Yet when He died, He went straight to heaven. I don't even line up with the Word of God. You know why He prayed so hard in the garden? You know why His sweat became drops of blood? You know why he prayed so hard and the Bible said he prayed in that he feared unto him that was able to save him. He knew he was fixing to go to hell as a transgressor and the Father wouldn't be there. For the first time in his life, the Father wouldn't be there. 
he would not be there. And he feared. The man in him feared because he was a man. He didn't come down here as a God. He came down here as a man. He lived the life of a man to show me and you we could conquer sin in the flesh because he defeated the devil as a man, and we can do it too. This is where the power of the kingdom comes from. And I'm going to preach it. Until my toes is turned up and the Lord takes me home, I'm going to preach this and teach people there's power over sin. And the power of sin is destroyed through this kingdom that I preach. I can tell you Jesus died to forgive your sins. But have you ever heard anybody preach and tell you He came to destroy the power of sin off your life? They don't teach you that. They just tell you. You're forgiven. Well, the reason you're forgiven, He destroyed. The Bible said, For this purpose was the Son of God manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. That He might destroy the works of Satan off your life. I'm not, my sins just ain't forgiven. I'm free from sin. Through Jesus, His blood, His power, what He done, conquered Satan. I'm free from sin. I don't have to sin. You, you come to the Lord, He puts His Spirit and His Word in you, you choose to sin. You don't have to sin once His Spirit comes in you. You're free. The Bible said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you what? What are you free from? Free from sin. You choose to sin. You choose to do wrong. Once the Spirit of God comes in, Satan has no power over you. Has no power over you whatsoever. Because that power of sin has been destroyed. You read Romans 6 and it will tell you the power of sin is destroyed. The body of this death, he destroyed it. You don't have to sin. You choose to sin. And we're right here right now that a new generation is now going to come forth. I'm going to be a part of it. long as God allow me, I'm going to lead people in this kingdom. And I'm going to train people that want this kingdom. I can teach you to pray. I can teach you to walk with God. I can teach you to work. I can teach you to do right. But I can't make you do it. You've got to do it for yourself. Amen. you got to do it for yourself. you got to make a choice. I remember I was preaching up in Canada uh, years ago. This back in the 80s. I come out, I probably had 50 people in a little auditorium. And sometimes the Lord just put something in my spirit. I just started, started talking. I said, now... And I'd done this in a church in Canada in 2015. I was preaching among the Indians, the natives up there, up there in Thunder Bay. Says Nance, I walked out there and I went up there with somebody else, and they were worried to death. That solid word is in me because, baby, when I preached, I let the hammer down. And I walked out there and I told them people, I said, now, I said, it might be all right with your government that y'all shack up. It might be all right with your Indian nation that y'all shack up. I said, but if you were having sex outside of wedlock, I said, you committing fornication, and some of you committing adultery, and I said, it ain't all right with God. And I had one man come to me. After I preached that, he repented. He was a preacher. He had backslid, started living with a girl, had a baby out of wedlock, and the pastor set him down. I said, good for your pastor. And I think they got married not too long after I left Canada. 
But in that first meeting back in the 80s, I had about 10 or 15 of them get up and walk out on me. I said, keep walking. I said, because you cannot commit adultery and fornication and walk upright before God. It's wrong. It's wrong. Preachers won't tell you that now. Church is full of fornication. People go to fornication, stand up and preach. They go to uh, commit fornication, stand up and preach, commit fornication, sing. They're part of the worship team. Uh-uh. Somewhere God's going to call you into accountability. And it ain't going to be pretty. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you if you're going to walk with God, you've got to have clean hands and a pure heart. I'm going to tell you if you're going to walk with God, you're going to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. It's printed in that Bible. If your Bible don't have it in there, let me know and I'll get you one that does. Because the Lord's been trying since March of 2020 to bring us together in one mind and one according it is to be still and seek the Lord so He can visit us. Somebody's got to walk in power and authority to deliver this generation. Just like you heard my wife say, how she was talking about how the devil tried to destroy her with depression. I mean, that spirit was real. And God hid it from me for a long, long time. I didn't know. The Lord kept dealing with me about something, but I didn't understand what the Lord was dealing with me about. But later on, when she got delivered, I tied the two together. And I saw what the Lord was trying to show me, but I didn't understand it. And what year was it your Uncle Charlie died? It's been several years. But she went to a funeral of one of her uncles down in South Georgia. I didn't go. And she come back, and the very thing God showed me when she was going through that depression, He showed me again. And I told her, yeah, she counseled somebody and tried to help them, and that spirit come back at her. And the Lord showed it to me in the same manner He showed it to me when she was going through it, and I stopped her and I told her exactly what was going on. God broke that thing off of her. But see, I learned that spirit. I learned how that spirit operated. I, I could see it. I could sense it. And the Lord taught me. Amen. The Lord taught me. So here we are. We need to be prepared to help bring this new generation forth. Because see, when Moses died, that was 40 years. That was a generation. When Moses died, Joshua stepped up. Joshua led God's people, but he didn't lead them in the same way that Moses led them. Moses followed the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. When I had a vision back in 98, and that voice of the Lord spoke to me, I saw Joshua standing on the banks of Jordan. And I heard the voice of the Lord speak to him and said, Moses, my servant is dead. But everywhere they stopped, they set up the tabernacle. Well, they were camped on the banks of Jordan in this vision. They had set up the tabernacle. I turned and looked at it. Sister Kathy filled a cloud and filled a fire. wasn't there. Never to be seen again. When Moses died, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire was never seen again. But God led Joshua by the priest and the Ark of the Covenant and by his voice. And he told Joshua, he said, you get ready to cross Jordan. He said, you stay back about 2,000 cubits. 
and you let the priest put the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders when their feet hit the brinks of Jordan, it's going to part. He said, but stay back because you ain't never passed this way before. What God's fixing to do for us, we ain't never passed this way before. There's a move of God that our generation, no other generation's ever seen this. Never been a partaker of it. God told me a prophecy come forth in September of 2016. God said, I'm bringing forth a new and a fresh and a different anointing, and it's nothing we've ever had. It's nothing we've ever And the Spirit of God will now start moving different in our services than anything we've ever seen. And if we ain't sensitive to the working of the Spirit, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it because people just go through a form every time they go to church. Same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. You don't need that. You need to come in, get in prayer, and you need to stay in prayer. The Spirit of God leads you. Don't tell me y'all been in church 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Same thing, Sister Pat. Every service. Every service starts the same way. What is it? Religion. It's a bondage of religion. People don't know what else to do. You know why? They don't get in prayer and wait on God. They don't wait for the leadership of the Spirit. We're coming into a visitation now. We're going to wait for the leadership of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to let God lead us. But y'all just know there's a new generation coming forth. There's a new generation coming forth. This world's got to be delivered. It's got to be delivered. I don't care what kind of church you go to. I don't care if you build a new church. You worship like you're out in the barn. Are you in a church air condition? Got the nicest pews, nicest carpet. Doesn't matter. There's not deliverance there. You messed up. Amen. You messed up. This new generation coming forth in the spirit of deliverance. And y'all better get ready. Because if you get ready, God will use you. Amen. You get ready, God will use you. God's going to use me. He's going to use me. He's going to use you. He's going to use you. He's going to use you. Some of you get ready, God will use you. God gave you that word back in 2016. I hope you still got it wrote down. Don't forget it. God ain't. You need to find it. You need to revisit it. We had a meeting here in 2019, and God ministered to people the word of the Lord time after time after time. And I told some of them, I said, you better get it. You better write it down. You better rehearse it. You better go over it. And right now, they're going against everything God spoke to them in 2019. And it's fixing cost them. When you went on that men's retreat with me in 2012, how many men were in that cabin? Fifteen, twenty. Look around this church. Where are they at? Every one of them made a commitment to serve the Lord. Signed a resolution that was going to lead their house in prayer and seeking God and walk upright with God. Where are they at? Every one of them's backslid. Every one of them's walked away from God. Every one of them, except the one brother that came from South Georgia. Brother Cromer, he's the only one. I'm talking about out of 15, 20 men, all these men done walked away. Brother Michael was there. I was there. Brother Josh was there. Brother Chad was there. And probably another 12, 13 people was there. They ain't serving God now. It's so easy to say what you'll do. 
But when adversity comes, too many walk away and take the easy road. My wife told me the other night, she said, well, there's one thing about you. She said, you're consistent. I said, I guess that's a good thing. I believe what I believe, and I stay with it, and have for 50 years, and I'm going to keep staying with it. Whatever God shows me, I'm going to preach it. Because when God shows me something, and He puts it in my spirit, there ain't nothing you can say or nothing you can do to make me doubt God spoke to me. I stay with Him. Because I know that voice. Amen. I know that voice. Y'all appreciate the Lord today? Y'all appreciate the way the Spirit of God's moved? God's talked to us today. And He's ministered to a lot of people and helped a lot of people. And I appreciate the Lord for that. I really do. And y'all please pray for our missions. And do everything you can to help us. I got a pastor right now lost his church. His whole church collapsed in the rains. And it's going to talk, cost him $6,500 to rebuild his church over there. Do you know what 6500 American dollars is to a Kenyan? Almost an impossibility. When they make 5 to $10 a week and they have to provide for their families, they can't even afford a $7 Bible, much less rebuild a church. I cannot tell you the pastors over there that we've helped put roofs on their churches, put their walls up, put concrete on the floors of their churches. Of course, a lot of them just got still got dirt floors. But they just go out and cut trees, or they have a timber company cut trees and poles put up walls. And if they ain't got the money to put tin on them, they'll just put sticks on them. Well, I just, somebody, somebody gave me some money. There are people like me. <laughs> somebody gave me about $250 here about two or three weeks ago. And this pastor wrote me and told me, he said, Brother Matter, my church collapsed because of all the rains. And I made him put out a detailed plan of how they were going to build different so it wouldn't happen again. And I said, you send me the cost. He said, the first thing we've got to have is the poles. And he said, they're $210. You know where that $250 went? Because I don't care. There ain't one thing in this life i got to have. God's good to me. From where I was in the 70s of hitchhiking, borrowing my brother's car and my sister's car to go preach, Y'all don't think I was ever there, but they can tell you I borrowed a car from them to go preach. Sometimes I went to the revival and slept in the back seat of the car. I didn't have money. Didn't have things. But the Lord told me if I'd be faithful and preach this word, that He'd send me around the world to preach the gospel. And He has, and God's blessed me. God's been good to me. You know why God's been good to me? Because everything God gave me, everything, I gave him back 20 to 50% of everything he gave me for years, Sister Kathy. I don't think my offerings ever dropped below 20%, and a lot of them were up to 50. Even me raising a family. That was when I was single, but when I started raising a family, I, we still gave. We still gave. I would go out and preach, and I would take ministry offering for people to help me. 
And then I would minister to the sick, pray for people, spend another 30, 45 minutes, an hour. People would be gone. Half the crowd would be gone. And then I'd come back and tell the people. I said, look, I live by faith. I need some personal help. I never put my personal needs before the ministry needs. The ministry needs always come first. That's why God's blessed me. And everything God would give me in my personal offering, He would get 20 to 50% back. But it caused God to bless me. It was tough for a while. Sometimes it's still tough. But God's blessed me. And I just got to, before I come to the platform, uh, one of the pastors over there, Pastor Luke, Brother Michael, he sent me a text. And I told him here about six months ago, I said, God's fixing an open door for y'all to get some land. Because he, 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 they worship in a rented church down by Lake Victoria, and every time it rains, it floods their church. I said, God's fixing to give you some land or open the door for you to get some land. And he just texted me. He said, the place where they had changed their church and they're worshiping, they said, I'm going to sell it to you at a good price. I said, you let me know. You let me know. I said, I told him, I said, I'm going to help you get some land build you a church. That man is faithful, prayer warrior, dedicated, believes this word, and fights for this word. I got a lot of pastors over following me, but I got a core that really believe. I mean, they really believe, and they pray, and they fast, and they preach this word, and they believe it, and they're trying to do everything God's telling them to do. They're trying to quit having all these revivals and conferences, just be still and seek the Lord for God to get ready for God to visit them. And that's what we need to do. We need to prepare for God to visit us. I told one pastor, I said, y'all keep talking about all these leadership conferences and all these seminars and y'all going to these leadership conferences. I said, tell me who's got the wisdom to lead you. I've been ministry 50 years and I don't even know that i got the wisdom to lead people like I need. But God's helping me. And I can minister to people. And people listen to me. Ministers will listen to me. They won't make the mistakes I made years ago. I don't tell my son how to serve God. I never force my... Christopher, did I ever force you to serve God in any way when you was growing up? If I ever put any kind of restriction on you now that you're on your... If I ever forced you to serve God in any... I just counsel him. Give him wisdom. Tell him what God spoke to me. And I said, now, I've learned this. But it's up to him whether he applies it to his life or not. I don't force anybody. I don't force you to believe what I preach. I put it out there and I teach you and it's up to you to believe it. But I'm going to tell you something. It works. Amen. It works. So I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to receive the offering. Uh, We need right now. In the last 60 days, we put a 1,000 Bibles in Kenya. That cost us $7,000. And I've got an area right now, we just found out about it. i got almost 100 pastors that don't have Bibles. That's another $700 if I give every one of them a Bible. And I'm going to get them Bibles. But if I've got to find something to sell, I don't care. I've sold stuff. I've sold possessions. I've sold things. And I'll keep on doing it. Because that's where my heart is. Bible said where your treasure is, 
That's where your heart is. That's my heart. And people in my heart are so gentle and tender and love God. They're so simple. They are. They're just simple in their life and simple in their actions. And they just, they love God. And I'm going to do everything I can to help them. And I'm asking you to do everything you can to help me. Every one of y'all work a job, you ought to be giving God something every month. Well, Brother Miller, don't believe in paying tithes. Well, don't believe in it. But Proverbs 3 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and the first fruit of all thy increase. Brother Miller, what's the first fruit of all your increase? Tithe. Ten <laughs> percent. Jesus said in Luke 6, Given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give to your bosom. Everything God gives you, you give a you give a percentage of it back to God. And then God speaks to you, you go over that. God'll give you so many blessings, not just financial. There's more than financial blessings. There's spiritual blessings. There's salvation for your household. There's health. There's strength. There's a lot of things God bless you with. A lot of things God bless you with. Amen. And right now we're praying. We're looking for land. Because there's so many people getting where I live. I don't want to be there no more. I won't get moved out on three or four acres. And right now there we're looking at people going crazy buying land. They're giving ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 an acre for land. I said, y'all lost your own minds. And the land was four, five thousand dollars an acre a year ago. And I told the Lord, I said, I ain't got no such money, and I ain't gonna spend no such money if I had it. I said, You gonna give me some land? So I found out one thing: you pray, you talk to God, you believe, you wait. God put it there. He'll open it up. God knows where He wants us. That's why I told my son, "There's fixing me a church in Carrollton, Georgia." I'm getting out. They done built five subdivisions within a mile of my house. Fifty to a hundred houses a subdivision on a two-lane road. Y'all know how many cars that's going to put on that two-lane road? Y'all know how many people that? I, I get somewhere walking faster than I can drive in my car. And I've been hollering at the Lord, let me out of here. Time to get out in the country. Get some chickens. Well, I can come back four pains if God lets me. <laughs> but the Lord said He had chosen this word to spearhead a last day move of God. I don't know who I'm going to spearhead. It's time to get down and be about the Father's business. Amen. There ain't a one of you sitting here needs another possession in this life. My God, we got closets now that the rods are bending in the middle. We got so many clothes yet every time we go to the store, we're going through clothes. Twenty pair of shoes. And every time we turn around, we're going shoe shopping. Oops. Got on the wrong subject, didn't I? It's not we need it. It's just a 
a thing with people. Y'all go shopping, spend $100, $150, $200, buy stuff you don't even need. Did I just say that out loud? Yeah, I believe I did. It's just our culture. It's just our nature. But when you see people living in houses with dirt floors, can't afford a Bible, can't afford to have a, a church to go to, it breaks my heart. I don't need anything else in natural. I don't need one more thing. If I do, God give it to me. I just need some land. Get out in the country and get ready. I don't know if I'm going to be a part of this church that God's fixing to establish down there. Not God spoke what 2017, 2018. There was a house of Cornelius in Carrollton, Georgia. And somebody just told me this morning they know a church down there. It's got about five, six hundred people that have people fixing to leave it. Well, what would happen to that if God poured out the Holy Ghost? Start a church with 100, 150, 200 people. You don't know what God's going to do. But I'm expecting God to do great things. And, and you know, I've asked people, take $10 a week, take $5 a week. Send me $20 a month. Above what you give to your church. Don't eat your Big Mac one day a week. Or sacrifice lunch. Or, you don't want me to say it, do you? Starbucks coffee is about $5 a cup now. Serious. I mean, I love iced coffee. And I used to get me one just about every day, but I went and bought one probably for the first time here several weeks ago. And she rung that thing up and she said, $4.75. I said, Excuse me, do what? So my iced coffee is now probably once a month instead of three or four times a week. Because I'll take that other twelve, fifteen dollars. I'll put Bibles in Kenya. Amen. Oh, I got on the wrong thing, didn't I? I got on. It's all right. I appreciate y'all coming. I really do. Pray you've received the word, and I'm just asking you to help. If this is your church, please stand with this church. Please help this church. Ever since the pandemic hit, people have laid out of church, and since the pandemic, people ain't coming back. You don't know how many small churches have gone under financially because when the pandemic hit, people quit coming, they quit giving. Lord didn't say, honor me with your tithe and your offering because you went to church. He said, you're supposed to give regardless. He didn't say give when you come to church. He said, give. And there's a lot of people have quit coming, they've quit giving, and now they're in a bad spiritual place. Even with the pandemic, people won't come back. That's all right. There's a new generation. Amen. There's, I'm telling you, there's a new generation. It's coming forward. And I'm going to be part of it. I hope you will too. 
So I'm going to give you an opportunity. Uh, just make your checks out to Word of Faith Deliverance. And stand with the church and help them. If you'll honor God and you'll invest in the kingdom, God will bless you. I know He will. God's blessed me. God's blessed me. And He's going to keep on blessing me. Because I'm going to keep on doing what's right in the eyes of the Lord. And any way I can do something to help on these pastors over there. That's why I told that pastor, I said, let me know what your land costs. I'm going to try to raise the money personally. There's a lot of things I'll do in ministry, but if I can sell something. The Lord spoke to me several years ago. He said, you got guns. In your gun safe, you ain't put your hands on seven, eight years. And man, we were going through it financially. I told God, I said, I've got to have some money. The Lord spoke to me. He said, you got guns in your gun safe. You ain't put your hands on seven, eight years. He said, take them and sell them. I got them out and started selling them. I raised about $2,500, $3,000 and told my wife. I said, we got money to pay some bills. The Lord said, don't you touch a dime of it. I said, do I what? <laughs> he said, you put every dime of it in missions. <laughs> so I knew, I knew some missionaries. I took every dime, put it in missions. It wasn't about two weeks God turned everything financially. Started bringing in money to pay the bills. You can't outgive God and you can't disobey God and get ahead. Amen. Lord's good. I mean, the Lord is good. So if you want to give, you make your donations out to Word of Faith Deliverance Tabernacle or WOF DT. Word of Faith Deliverance Tabernacle, just abbreviate, just the initials. But please, God's been good to us here these last couple of days. The Spirit of God's been great to us today. He really has. So I'm asking you to do what you can. Do what you can to help us. Pray for us. Fight for us. Help us. And fight for this church. This is your home church. If it ain't your home church, make it your home church. But keep fighting for it. Amen. Is that all right? God bless you. Stand to your feet and just bring your offerings up and drop them in the buckets here.